We are starting a new series. Uh, all 2021, we'll find ourselves in the Gospel of, of Luke. We're breaking Luke into different little sections as, as we go along. We just finished a, a series in the book of Luke on the nativity of Christ, talking about the birth of Christ, his coming to the world. Uh, now we are going to be going back and picking up some things that we did miss during that time. We're going to go back and start a short series on the person of John the Baptist. So we're going to go back to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 5 all the way through 25. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight without blame according to all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. When his division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God, and it happened that he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and to burn incense. At the hour Incense um, at, at the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many children of Israel to the Lord their God, and will go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of their fathers to their children, and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteousness, to make ready the Lord, to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. Verse 18, how can I know this, Zechariah asked the angel, for I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his ministry were complete, he went back home. Verse 24, After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, The Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the things that we see in our passage today is that God is working. And not only is God is working, but that when God works, his normal mode of operation is that God 
works through his people, that God is working, and that when God works, he chooses to work through his people. We find ourselves at a very interesting stage in, in biblical history. When it, Before John the Baptist was born, we have to understand that God was silent among his people for 400 years. Before John the Baptist was born, there were four centuries where there was no prophet speaking the word of the Lord. There was no angelic messenger coming to, to declare the message of God. There was nothing. In fact, if you turn to the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, you actually see the last few words that the Lord spoke through a prophet before these 400 years of silence began. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 through 6 says this, Look, I am going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. This prophecy in the book of Malachi is actually looking forward to the day when the Lord would send another prophet with the spirit of Elijah. And what we find in the book of Luke is that God is working. God is working through his people. And what is happening in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, is God is ending this 400 years of silence. God is bringing the prophet that would prepare the way of the Lord. We have to ask the question, during that 400 years, was God absent or was God present and at work? Was God absent or was God exhibiting patience among his people? It might seem that God was absent, but I would say that God was preparing the world, was preparing his people, was preparing hearts for for the people to be ready to receive the Messiah. I think even today, when we look at our lives, it might very well seem that God is absent. It very well might seem that, that God is, is unaware of where we are and what we are going through. It might be that we feel that God is absent as we wait and we long for a particular relationship. It might be that we feel that God is absent as we are longing to have a child, much like Elizabeth longed for a child. It might be that we feel that he is absent while we're just waiting for things to kind of start going our way, that we might feel like for a month, maybe a year even, we've just felt like everything is like a hit after hit after hit, and we ask ourselves, is God absent? Has God left us alone? The passage we are reading today is a great reminder that God has not left us alone, but God is at work. But he's working in ways that we might not see. And so it is our job as his people to wait patiently on him and to put our trust in him. There's a famous verse, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, that talks about us waiting on the Lord. But whenever you expand those verses and you take in a few more verses and you get the greater context, it's a beautiful passage. I think it's even more rich. This is what it says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. If you find yourself in a place where you're asking if God is absent or if God cares, this is a verse that we need to hear. Why, Jacob, do you say, and Israel, why do you assert, 
My way is hidden from the Lord, and my claim is ignored by God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youth may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Christ Community Church, if you feel like in your life right now that God is absent, that he is silent, what Isaiah the prophet is calling us to do is to be patient to wait on the Lord, to trust in his faithfulness, to trust in his strength, to lean on his strength. And his promise to us is that when we lean on his strength, that he will lift us up. The problem is, is we spend so much of our life and so much of our time trying not to lean on our God. But what we try to do is we try to lean on on these rickety crutches. We try to lean on these rickety hopes that we have in this world that are not of God, that are not Christ himself. These hopes for relationships or babies or situations or promotions or things to start going my way. And we are, we are leaning on those situations to, to be our strength, to be our crutch, saying if this just becomes a reality, my life will be better. I remember feeling that every transition in my life. Have you ever felt that way? I remember going literally all the way back to junior high, going into high school. I remember thinking, all right, I'm leaving junior high. I'm going into high school. I'm going to be different, and things are going to be different. And then I remember having that same thought whenever I left high school and I went into college, thinking, all right, things are going to be different, and I'm going to be different. And when I went to seminary, I thought that. And then I got my first pastorate, I thought, things are going to be different. I'm going to be different. Then I had that same idea with being married. Then I had that idea of, of, of things will be different and I will be different whenever I had kids. Then I had that same idea when we planted the church. But you know what the problem is? The problem is I don't change. I am still me. If I am putting my hope in my situation, then I am leaning on a rickety crutch that's going to give but if my hope is in the Lord, then we have this promise in Isaiah that he will lift us up. Why? Because our God is at work. And one of the things that we see in Luke chapter 1 is not only is God at work, but God, when he works, he works through his people. We don't always know what God is planning. We don't always know what God is up to. But we know that whenever he works, he'll work through his people. Do you realize that? That God is going to work his kingdom through your life, through your actions. He will bring about his kingdom. We see this in Luke chapter 1, verse 6. Whenever we turn to the gospel of Luke, we learn about, we learn about Zachariah, we learn about Elizabeth. And what do we learn about them? We learn that they were God's people. It says that they were both righteous in God's eyes, that they were blameless according to the laws of Scripture. We learn that Zechariah was a priest, and God is choosing to work through them. But one of the things that we learn is that just because you are God's people and just because God is going to work through you does not give us a pass on pain. 
trusting in God and being used by God doesn't give us a pass on pain. We will still experience, we'll go through it, and we learned about that quickly in Luke chapter 1. In the second breath, in one breath it says that they were righteous without blame, and then in the next breath it talks about how they were unable to have children. Elizabeth was unable to conceive. She called this herself in verse 25. She said that her inability to have babies was her disgrace. That though they were righteous and though they were blameless according to the law, when other people looked at them, they did not see their righteousness, but what they saw rather was the curse of God on their lives. They thought surely if they were righteous, they would have children. And this was a pain for them. This was a heartache for them. There is, there is a false gospel in our world today that says if you are God's children and you are faithful to God, then you will get whatever you ask for. There's a false gospel out there that says if you, if you pray hard enough, if you have enough faith, then you can gain wealth and you can get health and things will be all right. But this is not the true gospel. This is an Americanized gospel. This is what we call the prosperity gospel. But what Jesus told us is that if, he, if we are his children, then we are going to face trials. But God uses the pain of his people. God uses the sorrows of his people to grow us, to develop us, and to move his kingdom forward. Do you realize that whatever pain you have, God can redeem that pain. God can redeem that sorrow for his kingdom. God is at work in our world, and God is using his people but just being his people doesn't exempt us from pain. It also doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect. We learn in verse 8 that, that Zechariah was having a really good day. Zechariah was having a great day. Zechariah was a priest. He was a, of a very famous line, a line of priests that served under David. But there were so many of these priests, more than 18,000 of them, not all of them got to go into the sanctuary to burn incense. You could be a priest your entire life and never get to go into the, the, the sanctuary to burn incense. This one role, you got to do it once in your life. It was chosen by lot, by the choosing of lots. And whenever you got it, it was like your day. And Zechariah was having the best day of his life. He went in to the, the, the sanctuary to cast lots. And then lo and behold, an angel of the Lord arrives. And he begins to tell Zechariah the good news. This is what he said. The angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of their father to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of righteousness, to make ready the way of the Lord." Wow, can you imagine Zechariah 
the best day of his life, an angel of the Lord appearing, giving him this good news. One, that the Lord had heard his prayer. Two, that he was going to have his, a baby. Three, that this baby was going to be the prophet prophesied in the book of Malachi chapter 4. But how did Zechariah respond? Verse 18, he said, how can I know this? How can I know that this is going to happen? What we find is that God works through his people. God works through people who are righteous, but even the righteous, even the people who are saved by grace will experience doubt. I can just imagine the angel almost feeling incredulous, saying, how are you going to know this? How about an angel of the Lord appears to you in the sanctuary? That's how you'll know. That's how you'll know that this is true. How could we doubt at that moment? But we all have that same doubt in our hearts. But here's the good news. Zachariah's doubt, Zachariah's faithlessness did not disqualify him from God's work. Zachariah's doubt and his unfaithfulness did not disqualify him from God's work. There might be many of us here today who might feel that we have disqualified ourselves from the kingdom of God, that we've messed up too many times, that we're not good enough to be God's people, to be used for his kingdom. But I think the encouraging part of our passage today is that God still works through us, even in our doubt. But not only that, that God removes our disgrace. I like to think of Peter. Peter, when he and the disciples were sailing across the Sea of Galilee, Jesus wasn't with them. Jesus had stayed back on the shore. It was the middle of the night. They were rowing across. Then all of a sudden, the disciples see Jesus walking on the water, and they think he's a ghost. Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me, and Peter says, if it's really you, Lord, call me to come out there with you on the water. And what happens? Peter, at the behest of Jesus, Peter steps out of the boat, and he begins to walk to Jesus. And as long as Peter keeps his eyes on Jesus, Peter is able to walk on water. But as soon as he removes his eyes from Jesus, as soon as he begins to look at the storm, and the waves of the sea, and the fact that he's walking on water, what happens? He begins to sink in the water. Many of us are like Peter. We want to serve Jesus. We want to walk beside him. We want to strive for his kingdom. But in the process of striving for the kingdom of God, we begin to look at the waves around us. We begin to look at the fact that, man, we're, we're walking by faith. We're walking on water. And whenever we do that, we take our eyes off Jesus, we begin to sink. A pastor in Washington, D.C., I, I can't remember his name, but he said, even a quarter, as small as a quarter is, can block out the sun from the sky. Even a quarter, as small as it is, can block out the sun from the sky. How? How can a quarter block out the sun from the sky? He said, what you have to do is you have to bring that quarter really close. And when it's really close, it blocks out this massive ball of gas in our universe. We do that with our doubts. We do that with our fears. 
we do that with our pains, that we hold them so close and we gaze at them so intently. Even our small pains or seemingly big pains can block out the gloriousness that is our God. But what are we called to do? We are called to keep our eyes on Jesus. And what we find is that when we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep following him, that we will see God work and we will see God work through his people. Do you want God to work through you? Let's pray.